Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Fishing for Men with Mac show. Hi, everybody. It is absolutely amazing to have you with us. Uh, just want to remind you, if this is the first time that you're on the show, this show is about fishing for men. It's about reaching people um, with the gospel of Christ. It is about answering the major questions that um, people who struggle to believe in God have. And I'm busy with this current series, which is about the 22 reasons to stop believing in God. Now, I'm not giving the reasons to stop believing in God. I'm rebutting the reasons that has been given. 22 reasons that people have given for not believing in God. And I'm in podcast number 8 of 11 episodes. I've covered 14 objections to belief in God so far. And the intro for today is this. Does obeying the Bible make your life worse? That's the one question we're sort of going to tap into. And the second question is, did God create bananas for those in the States? Bananas for those in South Africa. Did God create bananas or did they evolve this way? That's sort of the, the questions for tonight. If you're not interested in that, you can just clutch out. Uh, just quick, quick advertisement, please. If you've never heard of CoCare, um, please go check out CoCare Foundation. They're on Facebook. We've got a website as well. It's a, it's an NPO that just strives to help people physically and also spiritually. The only NGO that I basically know that not only helps people physically, but tries to help them spiritually as well. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Please go check that out. Okay, so here's rebuttal 15 and 16 of 22 reasons to stop believing in God. Here's number 15. Too many of God's followers using Bible verses to support their beliefs have made life worse for other people. That is the objection. Uh, number 16. No matter what Ray Comfort says, God didn't create bananas to look this way. They evolved this way without God's help. So let me start with the first one. And just repeat it for you. Too many of God's followers using Bible verses to support their beliefs have made life worse for other people. I don't believe that's a very good argument. I don't see how that statement disproves that God exists. It's sort of a statement that says uh, the Bible offends people. Therefore, it's not true. So I don't think that's a good argument to make against God. So I can't really defend that. But, you know, I'd like to say a few things about that to, to at least um, say something about that statement. Because I think there's, there's, there's been many times that people have been offended by what the Bible says. Now, I'm not exactly sure what he says here. So I assume what he's getting at is just this, that the Bible makes life worse, not better. And I've met people like that who say that. They, they feel that the Bible just makes their life more complicated and, and harder. And maybe one issue might be, for example, homosexuality. Let me just use that as an example. Um, there's a street protest. There's a, there's a gay parade. And, and somebody walks into the gay parade, some Christian guy, with a big signboard quoting some of the verses in Leviticus chapter 18. For example, that says, A man shall not leave, sleep with a man like he does with a woman. Okay, and he puts that up, and this is sin against God, etc., etc. If he walks into a gay parade with that sign, do you think that's going to offend someone? Do you think that's going to make, you know, their day better or worse? Well, of course, they're probably not going to be very happy with that. Uh, some, some, there might be some uh, gay guy there that has just come out of the closet that morning. He's just told his parents it's, it was a huge thing for him. And then he, he, he wants to be a Christian and he wants to practice homosexuality at the same time. And now the sign is thrown in front of him 
Um, so he goes home and he and he takes his own life because he just cannot handle that type of criticism and persecution because so it, it seems like then that the Bible um, is the, the culprit of persecuting people. So obviously that's going to offend someone. And the question then is, did the Bible make that guy's life worse? Yes, in a way it did, right? But if you look at it from the, the Bible's perspective, not really. I mean, what, what made this guy's life bad in the first place is that he was living a life that contradicts what the Bible says. Okay, we can't, we can't just change the words of the Bible. And he doesn't have to change his life unless he wants to be a, a, a Bible follower and Bible believer and be obedient to the Bible. Okay, that, that man wouldn't have been offended by what the Bible says if he did not sleep with men as... Um, men sleep with women. All the Bible did was point it out. It pointed out what he was doing and that is in disagreement with what the Bible says. So the real issue is that um, sin, according to the Bible, is what makes life worse. Not the, not the Bible itself. Sin makes life worse unless you don't like the truth. Okay. Now, let me give an illustration to point that out further. Let's say, for example, that I love McDonald's. Okay, my wife really loves McDonald's. I don't like it that much. I, I smoke Burger King. That um, They've got that chili cheese chicken sandwich. Oh, my goodness. Never had one of those. You've got to get one of those. It's amazing. Absolutely amazing. In any case, so let's say, for example, okay, let me use myself as an example. I love, um, I, I, I love, let's say I love McDonald's. Okay, so I walk down the street and someone holds out a sign that says McDonald's is bad for you and it makes you fat. Is that the truth? Yes. Is that going to make me feel uncomfortable? Yes, I like it. It is making me fat. Um, and suddenly the sign is offending me and now I must choose. Either I ignore the sign and I continue trying McDonald's and I get fat or I stop eating McDonald's. You see, I choose what I do with the sign. I can't be angry with the sign, okay, if it's the truth. Right? And if it's not the truth, then I've got to disprove it. Then I've got to come up with an argument that says, well, I can eat McDonald's as much as I want. I'm never going to get fat. You know what I'm saying? The issue is that I don't like truth. And often that's the issue that people have with the Bible. That the, we, I certainly believe the Bible speaks truth. And here's an interesting thing for me. Is that why are people so offended by what the Bible says? People are offended. Atheists are offended by what the Bible says. Why, why, are, why are you offended by what the Bible says? If you believe it is a fairy tale, why bother? If it's not the truth, why are you bothering in any case? Just ignore it and go on with your life and do whatever you want. If... If you believe the stuff that you're doing is okay, then just do it. You have free will and you've got human you've got a human right as well to just do what you want. Now, I, I'll be honest with you, I'm not going to be offended because some atheists believe that you should have more than one wife. I've got one wife. I'm pretty happy about that. That is in line with my worldview. That's in line with my understanding of the truth of life. Now, I'm not going to be offended if an atheist walks up to me and says, you must have more than one wife, or you can have more than one wife, or you can just sleep around and not have a wife. I'm not going to be offended by that. That's your life. That's what you choose. That's your opinion. That is your belief system. And he's got the right to do that. Similarly, people who don't believe in the Bible don't have to let the Bible upset them don't believe it, then that's fine. I mean, I, I believe the Bible speaks truth, whether I like it or not. And often I read things in the Bible that I don't like. It, and it doesn't make my, my day necessarily better when I realize that I'm actually, I'm quite silly and I'm not walking in line with the truth of God. The truth sometimes hurts. But I would rather have the truth and be hurt than walk in a lie and not be hurt. Now, I, I believe, honestly, that the Bible makes life harder. 
but better at the same time. Life is hard either way. Um, I believe it's sometimes very hard to be obedient to the Bible. And I can give you thousands of examples. A, a very dear um, brother, uh, he used to preach with the, uh, to, to the Malawian workers on farms. And he, one day he, he stood up and he spoke about um, heterosexuality. And, and he spoke about um, keeping yourself pure. He spoke about sexual immorality and all of those types of things. And, and then after his talk, one of the Malawian men stood up and came to talk to him and said to him, man, you know, what? I've, I've got a little bit of a problem. I was living in Malawi. I came to South Africa to find a job. And back in Malawi, I've, I married a woman. I've got a wife and, and I've got a kid there. And, you know, I came to South Africa and I've, I was here for about a year. And, uh, you know, I was really missing my wife. But what he was really saying actually is, He's missing, <laughs> he's missing the physical interaction with his wife. And he says, so he phoned his wife back at home and said, uh, you know, I'm going to put my own words. I don't know how he said it in Chichewa, but he said, babes, you know, um, you know, I'm missing you over here. I mean, what's the possibility that I can get myself a wife over here in South Africa? Now, getting a wife here does not necessarily mean you're going to marry her. It just means you take on a sexual partner. Um, with with sort of more commitment than a one night stand, and his wife back in Malawi says, "Yes, shop. No, that, I understand." She probably didn't say it that easily and uh, you know that um, excitedly, but uh, she said, "Nevertheless, okay, you can go ahead and you can uh, you can get yourself a wife." So he gets a wife here in South Africa. Now he's got a wife in Malawi, and he's got a wife in South Africa, and this one in South Africa falls pregnant. Now he's got a wife and a kid here, and he's got a wife and a kid in Malawi. Now he comes to the preacher and he says, "Now what shall I do? Because it's a bit complicated because I can't provide for both." And both want my attention. Do I stay in South Africa? Do I go back to Malawi? And isn't that a difficult? And I'm sure as you're listening to this, you're already thinking, I've got the solution to this. Okay. Here's the truth. Um, it would have been harder to obey sexually. It would have been harder for him to remain celibate here in South Africa. But now his life has just gotten harder in every aspect of his life. He had to deny his body. That's what he had to do. Go back to Malawi then. Okay. But he, he had to deny his body. And that was hard in itself. But because he couldn't deny his body, he gave into the, the, that sexual relationship with that woman. Now he's complicated his whole life. I mean, he's got an extra child now, an extra wife. He's got a, he came to South Africa to get more money. Now he has even less money because now he has to provide for both families. And a kid, those of you who got kids, a, raising a kid, it's a lifelong journey. So, Anyways, you see in that scenario, yes, that the Bible says a man has one wife, for example. And now you have this guy now who's already got two wives. Simply because he didn't obey what the Bible said, his life complicated and it got harder. I had a chat the other day with a wonderful young guy and he, and he just explained to me how he, he met this lady and they, they started the relationship. But they, they didn't even think about marriage, but they slept together. And voila, a few months later, there they have a baby. She's pregnant. He didn't consult uh, in his own mind and heart first. Is this the type of woman that I want to marry? Now he's got a child with a woman that he didn't want to marry. He wasn't sure if he wants to marry her. She doesn't want to marry him. Now they're in this difficult scenario. But the Bible says if you, if you wait until you get married. In other words, make up your mind first whether you want to spend the rest of your life with this person before you have a baby. Okay? You know, the Bible speaks wisdom. I would say when we do our own thing, Life gets worse. That's my experience. So the content and directives of the Bible makes your life always better. 
atheists will obviously not agree with that. And maybe one day we must do research on that. And what do you think about this? I mean, we get 2,000 people, right? And we get a 1,000 of those people. We sort of choose people that's got the same sort of uh, intellect and social strata and, and all of those things. So, so we get a 1,000 people and we challenge them for five years to live their lives in obedience to the Bible. They do everything the Bible says. Then we take the other thousand people and we say to them, okay, you guys, you make sure that you disobey the Bible. Do what you want with your life. Live an atheistic life, a godless life. And these guys, you live a, a God-filled life. And then we check back in on them in five years' time. Wouldn't that be an amazing research project? Now, I can already make predictions about what's going to happen, but I'll leave that to you, to your mind. Let's look at the second objection. No matter what Ray Comfort says, God didn't create bananas to look like this. Um, they evolved this way without God's help. Now, once again, I don't find that uh, to be a very good argument. And nobody can prove that bananas evolved without God's help. Uh, who created matter in the first place? We don't even know where that came from, right? And we've spoken about that before. And people make claims like stuff evolved this way. Nobody was there. Nobody's seen evolution take place, for example. So uh, the first thing that came to my mind is this guy's talking about Ray Comfort. I'm like, who's Ray Comfort? I've never heard of this guy in my life. And if you, if after this video or after this podcast, you can just go onto YouTube quickly and type in Ray Comfort, the banana story or, or whatever. And, and then you'll find... Oh, exactly what it, what happened and i understand why this guy's talking about him because he said something really funny and quite ridiculous he was on a i think on a tv show and he tried to prove how god had created everything for us in line with um you know what we need as humans etc and he spoke about a banana that it's got on the top three uh lines or or what he riffs on 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 the top and at the bottom it's got two well, this banana doesn't have three. It's only got one, two at the bottom. And at the bottom, it's actually got three. And so he says his banana that he had on the show had like three lines. And then he took his hand like this and he said, well, make your hand like that. Then you'll see where your, uh, where your joints are. You've got one, two, you've got three lines. And at the bottom, you've got two lines. So God made it this way to perfectly fit into your hand. You've got the two lines at the bottom fitting in nicely with the, with the, with the banana and the, the three at the top. And that also fits in nicely with the banana. And he said, and God put in a, a, a nice opening thing. What do you call it? A, a cap opening cap mechanism that when you open it, it uh, doesn't squirt out, etc. It fits nicely into your hand. You fold it open, you tear the pieces off and it's the perfect size. It's bite size. It's perfect for your mouth. You know, you know, it's a perfect size. So the, the point he's trying to make is obviously God made this because of how it fits into your hand and fits into your mouth. Now, when I told Alfreda this and, and I asked her, what do you think about that? You know, her first reaction was, uh, yeah, that's a bad argument. I mean, does that mean we're just supposed to be eat bananas? Because last time I held an apple in my hand, it didn't seem to fit my hand or a pear. I mean, that that's not a very good argument. And I spoke to some other people as well. They said to me, well, that's a bit of a silly argument. And this guy made this argument on television. Okay. So it wasn't, to be honest, it wasn't a very clever idea to make an argument like that. Uh, that is the reason why many atheists mock Christians. I mean, look at the type of stuff that you guys produce to, to prove God exists. Oh, banana. You know, it, but it's also sad that atheists like this guy would go choose the weakest illustration of faith in God. 
he would choose the weakest video on YouTube, the most ridiculous video on YouTube to say, look there, that's why God doesn't exist because you've got ridiculous people making ridiculous arguments about bananas. But nevertheless, I want to say something about that though because um, this guy says that um, bananas evolved without God's help. So I've never in my life done research on bananas. don't know if you have. Um, it seems to be true that bananas evolved. This fruit here yeah, seems to have evolved. But the question is, did they evolve in an unguided way? Did they arrive like this out of their own? Okay. Or did someone guide the process? According to this guy, nobody guided the process of a banana. God, the, a banana could reach this without God's help. Okay. So I did some research. Uh, apparently, banana, this type of banana, the banana that you see here, um, is about 1,400 years old. They were developed in Africa 1,400 years ago when they, let's call it interbred, two types of wild bananas. And those bananas were slightly different. They had a harder outer pulp and they had seeds inside. And so these guys in Africa, they developed this. They made this evolution possible. So this banana didn't arrive exactly like this on its own. Human beings guided the process to get a banana like this. And the point I'm trying to say is that stuff like this can't happen on their own. The reason why people criticize evolution, even Christians who say that they believe in evolution, would say, but God guided the process. It's ridiculous to say that evolution happened and nobody guided the process. It's the same thing as saying this banana arrived on its own like this. It started as a, as a piece of dust on the earth and it evolved by itself to become this. So the history of a banana itself proves that usually when evolution takes place, it's a guided process. Uh, nothing involves without guidance. And so if we say that human beings evolved, then we've got to also include and say, look, somebody must have guided the process, an eternal God. So let me make a conclusion and uh, give my two rebuttals on this and pose two ideas back to the atheist community. Too many atheists who make up and follow their own rules have made life worse for themselves and others. Refute that, think about it. Secondly, we would not have had the wonderful fruit of bananas today if people didn't guide the process of modifying it into the fruit that we have today. Go think about that too. Guys, it's been wonderful to have you on the show. Wonderful to have you on Facebook. Uh, God bless. Love you guys. Have a fantastic evening. Bye-bye. Oh.